November the 7th, a Tuesday, Rumination Tuesday here on Law and Gospel, where we take a look at a hymn that is for this coming Sunday. And the name of the hymn is Wake Awake, for Night is Flying. And you will now hear that hymn. Thank you. 
For night is flying. Wow, great hymn. It was written by Philip Nikolai, who died in 1608. He ranks as one of the most zealous defenders of Orthodox Lutheran doctrine in the 16th century. In fact, already in 1586, the 30 year old was forced out of his first parish because of opposition by local Roman Catholics. And about this time, his first major polemical work was published. What did he do? He compared Calvinists to the ancient heretics Arius and Nestorius, who had been condemned at the councils of Nicaea in 325 and Ephesus in 431. By 1590, he had passed his doctoral examination in Marburg and had delivered his dissertation, The Two Chief Antichrists, Mohammed and the Roman Pontiff. But he never received the degree because the local Calvinists had prevailed upon Count Wilhelm of Hesse to forbid its conferral on account of Nicholas's strong stands against the Calvinists. Now, he did receive it four years later from the university in Wittenberg, whose faculty, his dissertation advisor in Marburg, had joined in 1592. He has written a number of hymns. The first well-known hymn is entitled, O Morning Star, How Fair and Bright. But the second hymn is, Awake, Awake, For Night Was Flying. And it concerned the voice of midnight and the wise virgins who met their heavenly bridegroom. So the first hymn introduced the idea of Jesus as the heavenly bridegroom. The soul yearns for heaven. In the second, the soul greets the bridegroom as he arrives for the wedding feast. He has a third hymn and it leaves behind the sufferings of earth to experience in the fourth hymn the joys of paradise. This is a wonderful hymn, and we're going to ask Pastor Mark Smith what he thinks of it. Pastor Smith? It's a great hymn. Uh, and, of course, uh, the translator is Catherine Winkworth. How about that? Boy, oh boy, she has translated so many yeah. and excellent into English. 
Yeah, this is a great hymn. I, I love it. Uh, I, I And I love this time of year. I, as we approach Advent and Christmas, this is, let's see, is, are we coming up on the third to the last Sunday of the church year? Isn't that right? This hymn is for the 24th Sunday after Pentecost, which means you're right. There's only two more Sundays in the church year, and then we move to Advent. So you can understand why these last Sundays are about the end times. Right. So we'll be taking a look at that. So without further ado, would you go ahead and let's read stanza one. Be happy to. Wake, awake. For night is flying. The watchmen on the heights are crying. Awake, Jerusalem, arise. Midnight hears the welcome voices, and at the thrilling cry rejoices. Oh, where are ye, ye virgins wise? The bridegroom comes awake. Your lamps with gladness take. Alleluia. With bridal care, Yourselves prepare to meet the bridegroom who is near. Now, what surprises me is this hymn is really about the virgins, you know? Yes. Who take their lambs and right. go to meet the bridegroom. Yeah. That's the holy gospel for that day. Right. Matthew 25. Yeah, the parable of the wise and foolish virgins, right? Yes, why were they foolish? Well, the foolish ones uh, waited and uh, didn't prepare. They, they let their lamps burn out, and uh, they ran out of uh, oil for their lamps. And so they weren't prepared when the bridegroom came. So how do you relate that to the final judgment day? Well, we always want to be prepared. That's what, you know, that's what Advent, uh, too, is all about. Prepare. And then that's, that's the message of John the Baptist. Prepare. The, the bridegroom is coming, and uh, we want to be prepared. And, uh, and we do that by, by remaining strong in God's Word. And uh, uh, so we're not swept away with the, the cares of the world. And we're ready and waiting and looking forward to the bridegroom's uh, return when Jesus comes again. Well said. In fact, the word foolish, if you take a look at Proverbs, which we're going to be looking at tomorrow, is always referring to unbelievers. And these are unbelievers who are not ready, so they go and buy additional oil, but when they get to the wedding, and they want to get in, what does the Lord answer to them? I believe he says, uh, I, I never knew you. Isn't that the response? Right. I do not know you. Yeah. Therefore, watch, for you know neither the day nor the hour. So that watching is because of having faith. If we have faith in Jesus Christ, then we are prepared. 
there's nothing you need to do once you have that faith because you trust in the promises of God. Now, looking at that first stanza, what does it mean, the night is flying? Well, uh, the night is uh, the time in which we're living. Uh, the dawn is when our Lord returns. And by Good. that I mean, you know, compared, compared to the, the night of gloom and uh, sin and darkness, and uh, in, compared to that, uh, the dawn when our Lord returns is, uh, of course, that's, it's glorious, and we look forward to it. And uh, so I think, have I answered your question? Yes, yes. In other words, night is another metaphor used in the Bible to refer to the darkness. And we are in the darkness when we are in the world because right. this is the world of Satan. Right. But it's very clear from the epistle for this coming Sunday from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 that God will bring with him on the day of judgment those who have fallen asleep, that we who are alive and who are left will not precede those who have fallen asleep. What's that talking about? Well, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we who remain, we who are still alive when our Lord comes, will be caught up to meet our Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. But the, the dead in Christ shall rise first. But verse 17 says, then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with yes. them yes. in the clouds. And that's why it says, we will not precede those who have fallen asleep. Right. And that's an encouragement when have you used this encouragement about the last day? Well, of course, it's always encouraging. Well, it's connected, it's connected with Christ's own resurrection. You can't separate the two. If you deny one, you've denied the other. And the, the resurrection is that's, that's the basis for our hope, um, the, what, we, what we look forward to. And uh, I feel sorry for anybody that doesn't believe in the resurrection because, because that's what we're, we're looking forward to as Christians. We do believe that we will rise again and, uh, and uh, meet our Lord again. Yes. And we'll, that... see, and we'll see, we will also see our, our other loved ones who have died in the faith as well. They'll all be raised. The first Thessalonians says that Paul wants to inform them so that they may not grieve as others do who have no hope. Hope, right. And then we don't verse 14 really ties in the resurrection. For since we believe, not obey, but since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. That's right, yes. So you made a good point about the resurrection. So the watchmen on the heights are crying. Who are the watchmen? 
I would say the prophets or pastors even today. Yes. Yes. And they're crying, Awake, Jerusalem, arise. Midnight hears the welcome voices. And at the thrilling cry, rejoices. And then, where are ye, ye virgins, wise? Who are the wise virgins? Those that uh, that uh, are in the faith. Yes. Their, their, their lamps are still burning. Yes. And therefore, with bridal care, yourselves prepare to meet the bridegroom who is near. Now, why is he called the bridegroom? Well, uh, you know, uh, Paul makes that point that uh, that the wedding itself, uh, marriage, is uh, there's more to it than meets the eye. It's also a picture of our relationship with Christ. Uh, th that is, the church is His bride, and well said. Uh, That's and then we're. We're, we're we were in the church. Are belong to the we belong to the the bride, which is the church, and of course our bridegroom is Christ. Okay. And it says, with bridal care, yourselves prepare to meet the bridegroom who is near, and that's preparation through faith. Right. I'll read stanza two. Zion hears the watchman singing, and all her heart with joy is springing. She wakes, she rises from her gloom, for her Lord comes down all glorious. The strong in grace, in truth victorious. Her star is risen, her light is come. Now come, thou blessed one, Lord Jesus, God's own Son. Hail, Hosanna. We enter all the wedding hall to eat the supper at thy call. Boy, that's really comforting. What are we going to be doing in heaven? We'll be feasting with our Lord to our heart's content. Yes. And, uh, and, uh, and I, I suppose a, a foretaste of that is none other than the Holy Supper we have here on earth with our well Lord. Said. Yes. Yes. When we go to the Lord's Supper, that's as close as we get to the communion of saints who are already in heaven. And so we're rejoicing with them also. So when it talks about that the heart with joy is springing, she wakes, she rises from her gloom. Now that could be judgment day. When what is waking and rising from gloom? Waking and rising from gloom. On the day well, of judgment. That's the day of judgment when we'll all be raised. 
Tom, if you don't mind, I'd like to go back to that line, with bridal care, yourselves prepare. Uh, That that really is a good metaphor because, uh, you know, the bride, what bride doesn't take the, the most care she possibly can to prepare for her wedding day? To, to prepare for her wedding. Uh, what what bride does not take the more care than any other occasion, perhaps, uh, to prepare? And and that's how God would have us prepare uh, for for His return. We want to we want to uh, be as well prepared as we possibly can. And how do we prepare from God's point of view? Strong in the Word and sacrament. In other words, attend worship services. Yes. Attend and Bible be in studies. the Word. Right. You know, I find it very interesting that you'll have a congregation, but only about a third of them attends the Bible class, say, in between services. And so a strong, strong congregation will have more people attending the Bible class uh, unless the pastor isn't doing a very good job with the Bible class. Yeah. You know, Tom, as I'm retired now, uh, it, it is, I have to say, my joy is, the thing that I look forward to more than anything else is church and Bible study. In fact, we were supposed to have a Bible study right after the program today. We had uh, Prince of Peace Lutheran, but the pastor wasn't feeling uh, well today, so we had to, we had to cancel it. And I was just, you know, I don't blame him. You know, a poor guy works hard, and you know he, he's got to take care of his health. But I I was really disappointed. I really look forward to Bible study and uh, services more than I ever did, even when I was in the ministry. Isn't that funny? But yes. uh, it's it's just the way it is. I just I, I really enjoy going to church more than ever. I guess it's because I can relax a little bit more Sunday, uh, and I I love to go to Bible study too. Okay, stanza three, please. Now let all the heavens adore thee. Let saints and angels sing before thee with harp and cymbals clearest tone. Of one pearl, each shining portal, where joining joining with the choir immortal, we gather round thy radiant throne. No eye has seen the light, no ear has heard the might of the glory, of thy glory. Therefore will we eternally sing hymns of praise and joy to thee. What does it mean that nobody has seen this yet? Oh, yeah. Uh, it has not yet appeared what we shall be uh, in, in the resurrection. We just can't, we just can't en- envision uh, the glory that will, be, that will be evident to us. Uh, because at, the at Bible second. says that we will be like Christ. We will always be with the Lord, and we will be like he is in his new body, and we will have our new bodies also. Yeah. Without sin. That, that's really hard for me to believe because I can understand not doing something wrong in heaven, 
but how can you not think something wrong? Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, that, that's amazing. But there were three human beings who were unable to sin. Who were they? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Oh, no, human no. beings? Yeah, human, human beings. Be uh, well, of course, Christ. And um, I'm trying to think who you might be. Who are unable to sin. Yep. Uh, I'm, well, I'm sorry, who, Tom. Who did not sin. Who did not sin. I'll say one word and you'll know immediately. The garden. Oh, Adam and Eve before yes. the fall. Before the fall, yes. And that's what we should compare heaven to, that we're going to be like Adam and Eve before the fall. And Eden they were restored. Yes. yes. And when you look at the book of Revelation, much of it is compared to the Garden of Eden, where we will be in full bliss with no pain, no suffering, no death, no grief. That's the good news of today and this hymn. Yeah. Wake, awake, for night is flying. It's going by quickly. Can you remember when you were 30 or 40 years old and all the things that were happening? Boy, I can't. Time just flies. It just flies, doesn't it? Yeah. We don't realize how old we are at times. But the older we get, the closer heaven becomes. And that's why we should rejoice because heaven is going to be an eternal home with much bliss. So that's the hymn for this coming Sunday, the 24th Sunday after Pentecost. Wake, awake, for night is flying. And we'll look forward to having congregations sing that hymn at times. The readings are from Amos 5, 1 Thessalonians 4, and Matthew 25. Thanks so much for helping me, Mark Smith, in understanding this hymn and giving the comfort and joy that Listen to Law and Philip Gospel Nikolai at expected. God bless you. Gift to Law and Gospel. Please make your check out to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.